The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson, I'm your host. Two-man show today, Tyler uh, Sullivan, our new super friend, Ryan Wilson, Pete Prisco, people that we might call on to be a third man on the show, not that we need a third. Um, at the Combine, make sure and check out CBS Sports HQ. Uh, you can go to the Minnesota Vikings YouTube page if you want more of Wilson and, 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 and Pete's takes. It's a constant at the uh, NFL Combine. Team reporters walking around asking national media what they think about the team. We're not there, but I don't care. John Breach, what's up, buddy? Brinson, we're working because we're too dumb to work in a leap day clause into our contract. We should be working on this extra bonus day. We should be out drinking tequila on a beach somewhere. But here I am spending the bonus day that we get every four years with you. I know. I was telling, I was explaining leap year to uh, my, Robbie, my 10 year old. He's like, <laughs> he's like, so is this like every year? I was like, nah, dude. It's like, uh, it's a. Uh, he's like, dad, I don't believe in leap year. Yeah. You know, does anybody celebrate? I mean, shouldn't leap year be like, it's once every four years. Shouldn't, when we get an extra day in February, shouldn't everybody say, well, I would, no, I wouldn't want to say no school because I think school is good and kids should always go to school even on holidays. But some sort of big thing. So I feel like I feel like there should be uh, like somebody should take care of our children and we should be allowed to go party. Well, you know what's funny is that when Sullivan was talking about getting married, which he did this past Saturday yeah. on last week's show, I actually had the thought. I was like, man, February 29th is the ideal time to get married because a you'll never forget your anniversary. And B, you don't have to celebrate it once every four years. There's no <laughs> downside. So Sully missed the boat getting married in a leap year, but not getting married on February 29th. What? Yeah, I mean, that's actually, if you got married on February, like if you could, if you could con your uh, significant other into getting married on February 29th, I mean, obviously you would be, they'd be like, one, you're a, a total jerk for doing that. Like <laughs> two, 
Yes. Oh, no, you'd have to convince them that it's a super memorable date because the ladies love the memorable dates, like getting married on 7-7-2017. Or, right, of course. You know, they love all that. So you just say, no, this will be very memorable. Nobody gets married on February 29th. It's perfect. Yeah, it's 11 is my lucky number. Anyway, um, it was. Um, <laughs> let's. Uh, by the way, this show is brought to you. This this leap day show, leap year day, leap day year show, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on any of the various podcast platforms, make sure you give us a five star review. Oh, I'm double checking that my audio is correct. I believe it is. Yes. Um, back home now. Feeling feeling bad. I'm finally, it took me two weeks to get over being sick. Um, from the Super Bowl breach. There's maybe it's conspiracy theory that um the Super Bowl is designed for whatever. Right? There's all kinds of conspiracy theories around the Super Bowl. I don't want to joke about that, Brenton, because the last time you were sick after Super Bowl was 49ers Chiefs in 2020. And I then- am aware, and I was. This is this is this is was something different, hopefully. I, I, I hope that things go differently for the world and the globe. But I will tell you that that was a sick February 2020. The only time I've been more sick was February 2024. So take take from that what you will. Um, Brenton is patient zero for all human pandemics. Dude, I mean, it was that was brutal. I mean, I was like coughing for two weeks. I mean, just, it'd be like, oh, Vegas flu. I'm like, no. The Vegas flu lasts like five, four days. Max. Um, anyway, how about this conspiracy theory? We're going to talk like nonsense today, I think. I, I don't rumors. know. What like, rumors, what is it? Right? We're doing rumors. We're doing rumors. Yeah, we're doing like rumors and speculation. And like, we'll talk about how like viable some of that stuff is. For instance, the salary cap leapt up to $254 million, a $30 million leap in terms of salary cap space per team the largest jump in nfl history breach is it because of taylor swift you know what i'll tell you that i do love the idea of this absolutely love the idea of this taylor swift shows up and every nfl player is now indebted to her because she played a role in the salary cap uh going up 30 million dollars that would be Amazing, but I don't feel like this one. I, I think this cap was going to make a, a giant leap. Uh, we should take a drink <laughs> every time we say leap on leap year. Um, but every time this felt like it was going to happen, no matter what, you had uh, obviously the new media deal kicked in in 2023. So this was the first year where the NFL saw those payments from the new media deal. Plus, as the league explained, uh, all the COVID was paid back because some of the guys were able to, they cut back totally on their financials in 2020 and 2021. All that money's been paid back. So this is where it was going to go up. 30 million is probably still surprising. Um, but it was, there was always going to be a huge jump from 2023 to 2024. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's, you know, the NFL was asked about it, by the way, the, in the official quote, as you can see here on YouTube, youtube.com slash at NFL on CBS, the giant leap of the salary cap is partially the result of the full repayment of all amounts advanced by the clubs and deferred by the players during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as significant new media deals coinciding with recent regular season and playoff expansion. The NFL had to say this because the salary cap leapt so big that people actually thought Taylor Swift might have caused it. Taylor Swift definitely caused the most watch Super Bowl ever, but I think it probably is the most watched Super Bowl ever without Taylor Swift because we got overtime, Chiefs and 49ers, Patrick Mahomes, high drama. 
And yes, this is all, this is a, this is a fun little conspiracy theory, but not grounded in reality. It is sort of, and you know, what's interesting breach. You're, you're kind of going to see this in the combine in terms of, and I think in terms of the draft class, there are a lot of older players and have been a lot of older players over the last few years because these guys got COVID years added onto their college careers. And there is a theory out there that this season may be the year in which there's a massive drop-off. Like it's a really top-end, heavy top-end, talented draft class. Three big quarterbacks, tons of wide receivers, like an insane amount of wide receivers. We talked about it with Josh Edwards. But like there's going to be this drop-off on the backside and teams may not be willing to move back as much early in the draft in exchange for like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks because they don't see as much talent on the back end of the draft. And I think that is sort of like the bottom, the back end of the bell curve of these COVID years being added to uh, college seasons. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is going to be a play a big part in what we see on day three, where all the trades are usually made in the draft where you're talking about the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. And as you're saying, look, the draft is already a lottery. Now it's a total crapshoot because you have no idea what you're going to be getting because you had uh, just all these guys who were in college longer than usual, uh, just guys who didn't play. It was just a completely, slightly different competitive balance in 2020 and 2021. So it will be interesting how the draft breaks down this year. The other thing about the salary cap that the NFL mentioned was the playoff format, let's not forget that Amazon just paid $150 million to air one playoff game. And that was after Peacock paid about $100 million to air one playoff game uh, on on streaming. And the NFL is going to do that going forward. They're going to auction off one playoff game every year. And based on how the ratings are just shooting through the roof, uh, especially the past two seasons, that people are going to pay a lot of money to get that game for their streaming service. So that that helps out with the salary cap also. Yep, for sure. And the NFL likes to have a lot of properties competing for, or excuse me, a lot of companies competing for its properties, right? Like you, you, I mean, for, you know, for years, I mean, it's just, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. And now with the advent of streaming, you're seeing situations where, you know, we, we, the, we, the NFL wants to make sure that it can keep raising the price of these playoff games by farming them out to different spots. That's why they want Amazon to have a playoff game and just to, to buy a la carte, because I think the NFL is a forward thinking in terms of its media, in terms of its media, like the NFL is always reactionary in terms of like on field stuff, but in terms of its media rights and all that stuff, the NFL is extremely forward thinking. A lot of sharp owners, on those media committees. Brian Rollup at the off league office does a great job with it. Hans Schroeder. Brent, let me ask you one Taylor Swift question, though. What happens if you're the NFL? Are you calling up Taylor Swift this offseason and doing everything possible to get her to play the Super Bowl 59 halftime show in New Orleans? Yes. Well, maybe. Where's Super Bowl 60? San Francisco. I'm thinking about maybe like trying to long play it to Super Bowl 60. She's still be she's still probably going to be popular in two years. The, the only reason I say that is like Nor. I mean, yeah, well, actually, I take that back. Beyonce did the, the Super Bowl last Super Bowl in New Orleans, so yes, yeah, yeah. You were trying to get her to do every everything possible to get her to to do that. And then the ratings shoot through the roof. Then you get 200 million people watching because you have the game and Taylor Swift. Well, what happens if like she and Kelsey break up and the Chiefs go back to the Super Bowl? 
uh, then you get 300 million people watching because they all want to see what. Oh happens. my God! She would sing about her ex-boyfriend on stage. Oh my God! You're right. It's a great. That's a great point. All right. Oh my God! That would be the most watched concert in the history. If of like ever. if they broke up the month, like like right before the playoffs, and the Chiefs made a play a Super Bowl run, and Taylor Swift was already locked into the Super Bowl. It would be it would be the most watched concert of and, all time. And then like three days before, she starts shouting that she has two new songs for the Super Bowl. Oh my God! Yes, it's like it's like loose loose end. Like this new album, loose end is coming out. Like, okay, but if this is a fake relationship, I don't think it is. And but you know, people were throwing that around a few months ago. That is how it would end because that would be maximum publicity with a breakup right before the Super Bowl with Taylor Swift is the halftime show and Travis A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, okay. From one completely absurd idea that Taylor Swift caused the, the, the salary cap jump to happen. Let's go to an even more absurd one. This is a new one. We're not at the combine as we noted, but somehow more out there than the last defensive back. Tyler Owens from Texas tech has a take. And you know what? He can just take it from here. Even. Nah, I don't believe in space. I'm like, you know, I'm not more religious, so I think like we're in strong right now. I don't think that like uh, playing this stuff like that. I don't know. In case you didn't catch that, Tyler Owens said he's very religious and he doesn't believe in space. Not he doesn't think other planets are real. That's like I don't even know what to do with that breach. That is. But Kyrie Irving's flat earth stuff, I mean, I, I guess this is like a, is okay, is this a worse take than flat earth truthers? Oh, absolutely. This is this is on its own level. It's, it's on its own planet. Yes, it's on its own planet that Tyler Owens doesn't believe in uh, because it's a separate planet. Uh, it is literally so unfathomable. Look. With flat earthers, we saw the sphere in Las Vegas, right? I was in the sphere. You were in the sphere. But when you look at the sphere, which we know is a sphere because we've seen it, but it appears two-dimensional and flat. And so that right. is a good – if I was hanging out with a flat earther, I would take them there and be like, look, I understand why you think it's two-dimensional because it, I at least understand their thinking. Okay? You're, not, you're not walking around in a curve, right, but that's right. because the earth's so freaking big that it all feels flat. Right. So I at least understand their thinking. I don't agree with them. I, I see where they are coming from. With If you don't believe in outer space or planets that you can literally go stand on your front porch and see on a clear night, I don't know what to tell you. How, what, that, that bright red thing in your sky, that's not Mars. That is, I don't know. Uh, so apparently he thinks that Earth is the center of the universe, uh, which I think is geocentric beliefs. Uh, Harry and I were talking about heliocentric beliefs, which is all of us believing that the earth revolves around the sun. It is insane. I don't know what to do, Britson. What do we do? And uh, what if he's right and we're wrong? Well, I mean, so this is a good question. Um, Josh Julie in the chat asks, it, does this mean that he is also a flat earther? Yes. Flat earth I, I think he mentioned that he is. He, he, okay. Cause I mean, I would think if you don't believe in space, you think that the, that the earth is just one. So like, Here's a good way to think about it. Mario Brothers, the original Mario Brothers video game, is a two-dimensional video game. You run around. This is what Flat Earthers, and, and, and I guess Josh, is it, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Tyler Owens. It's like 
you're you're running in a line, like a straight line, because it's two dimensional. And so that's that's sort of what I think they think that Earth is is this like really long flat scroll that everybody's on. But if that's true, do flat earthers believe in space? They can't, right? No, they believe in space. They believe in space. So they go up in space and they can see that the earth is round, but they think, but because it's okay. No, anyway. it's just, it's round, but it's flat. It can still be, it can still be flat. Like it's a, so stupid. like a coin. It's shaped like a coin. It's round and flat. Right. And it's so stupid. So it's like, every, it's just a smushed coin. Sitting, but it's, 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 it's so stupid. Well, this is but, like, not, this is like not believing in the color green because it's something you can, you can look up the outer yes! space. You know, it's there. There is, I don't get it. It's just. I, don't I understand. I see. I think that what he's maybe trying to say here is that he doesn't believe in the concept of the big boom because he's very religious. And he believes that God did create the all big of bang. this. The big, big, the big bang. Sorry. The big boom. Big boom. Sounds big boom. That's what God said when he was like, he's like big boom. It's also um, flatter. That's what they call it. The, the big, big bang. Boom. Yeah. Sorry. The, but he doesn't, I think, I think that's what he's trying to say is he doesn't believe in the big bang. He doesn't, he believes that, the earth is as old as the Bible says it is, which look, I think that religion is very, I think religion, religion is a big deal. My mother's a retired preacher. Um, I'm not going to besmirch religion. There, there are positives and negatives about it. Um, that, but that like, I, I do understand if you are deeply religious and by the way, a lot of athletes are deeply, deeply religious. And I think that that helps to drive them to be as obsessive about what they do. But most of them believe in outer space. Yeah, but most of them believe in outer space, right. Um, but I can see how if you're deeply, deeply religious and like deeply, deeply Christian and, in, and, and like, you know, into the Bible that you could find yourself saying, no, 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 I see the stars up there, but that's just like the backdrop that God painted, right? And what you're trying to do is you don't want to enhance the concept of other planets and a vast outer space, because then that does inherently take away from the religious aspect. Because, you know, in the Bible, like Noah tossed a bunch of anim- two, two of each animal on an ark and floated around. Um, and in, in science, a, a lot of other stuff happened that weren't arcs and animals. So like, I, I think that's kind of where he's at, right? He's like, I don't believe in the Big Bang. Is, is sort of what he means to say, but instead, he's, he's saying, I don't believe in outer space. Certainly doesn't believe in aliens. Uh, Harry and I were talking about beforehand that maybe he needs to hang out with Mr. Aerospace Engineer Degree, Josh Dobbs. If they're ever teammates, uh, that would be interesting uh, to hear them have any sort of conversation with uh, Owen saying, yeah, Josh, you know what? Uh, I don't think space exists. And Josh Dobbs just saying, all right, I'm cutting myself. I'm not on the team anymore. So I mean, like suffice to say, if someone said, Hey, uh, Tyler, would you like to go into outer space? Would you like to fly up in this astro on this rocket ship in outer space? He'd be like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like you're not looking to be disproved. You're like, look, I just don't believe in the big bang theory. I don't, I believe like God created all this stuff around us. I don't need to fly into outer space to see it. Can you imagine believing space isn't real? And somebody's like, I will take you to space. And you, I mean, it's only what, like 12 to 15 miles above the Earth's surface? I, I'm not. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, like, Jeff Bezos went up in a rocket. Yeah. Like we have a lot of the, uh, I don't think that he's suggesting that space is a conspiracy theory, though. He just doesn't believe in it. Because there's some people who believe the moon landing was faked. Right. 
I mean, you could you could talk but to again, me. I understand that belief where at least it, they think it was made on a movie set and televised to everyone in order to like beat the Russians there. Like, and yeah, the totally get it. Thought yeah. process at least makes sense, even if I don't agree with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like the space isn't real. That's just stupid. Um, space is sixty-two miles above the Earth, not twelve to fifteen. That's something. Close enough. Um, thank you, Harry, for that. But uh, by the way, have you ever? Have we talked about this? But have you ever? Um, Listen to the podcast, uh, Winds of Ch Wind of Change. Uh, no. It is really, really good. And I highly recommend it. I've actually was like started it for the second time the other day. The concept is that this reporter for... Oh, I can't remember what it is. Um, Harry's here to fact check us. That was, that was only 50 miles off. <laughs> there's there's too many spheres above us with the, the stratosphere. So um, it's by... Um, it's it's like a crooked media pineapple street uh oh new york patrick radden keith who writes for the new yorker here's this and he, he's been about he's like obsessed with the cia and like covert ops and stuff spends a bunch of time talking to like former spooks i think you can call them that um and uh and someone he gets this rumor from a friend that the scorpions the band the scorpions wrote the song wind of change or actually they didn't write it. The CIA wrote it for them as, as a way to help overthrow uh, like uh, the Soviet union and take down the Berlin wall. And I'm just saying it is worth, it is worth, it is worth your listening. I'm not, it's just worth listening to. It's really well done. Uh, Brenton, I'm going to put it on my must listen to podcast list. Highly recommend. I am a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories. What's your favorite? Oh, no. Harry, Harry apparently lost a wind of change for best documentary podcast. Webby. I, Harry, what was Harry? Pop, Wait, pop, rub that in Harry's face. I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, Harry. It's a really good podcast. What, um, toss your audio on. What was the, what was the, what was the podcast so people can check it out? Harry, oh or, or just tell us in the chat. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the first place and second place Webby's were. And I want to give the pub for the work that you did. I'm assuming it was sports related at SI American prodigy prodigy Freddie Adu. Oh, dang, Harry basically doing the same thing on that podcast does here. I'm sure it's just as worthwhile listening to me talk about space and whether or not it's real moving along the number one overall pick. It is no rumor that legendary football writer, Peter King, has decided to hang up his word processor 44 years of covering the NFL. But in his farewell column, he did start a rumor that the Bears could trade or will trade out of the first pick and keep Justin Fields in a bit of spice. The guy who replaced Peter King at SI, Albert Breer, immediately went on ESPN 100 radio and says that a framework for a Justin Fields trade can be laid out as soon as next week. Ryan Poles, Bears GM, said that they're going to do right by Justin. So, Breach, buying or selling the Peter King rumor of keeping fields and trading out of the first overall pick? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think... Here's the thing, is that I think the Bears' best route is what if Breer and King could both be right? What if Ooh. they trade out but also trade fields 
and just stock up on draft picks because you have five quarterbacks you like in this draft or whatever. You have you have a good. Are you bunch suggesting of good you trade out a number one and trade Justin Fields? Well, here's what I'm saying is that when we talked about the we we're talking about with Josh on Monday, and we we're talking about how maybe Caleb Williams isn't. I don't. He's not as high on the perch above the other prospects, above Jaden Daniels or above anybody. He's just not a clear cut number one. And if you're the Bears and you like one of these other QB prospects, and you're thinking, yeah, you know what? We have Drake May graded the same as Caleb Williams. We have Jaden Daniels graded the same as Caleb Williams. Well, at that point, then you know you could drop down to at least three and still get your quarterback. And so if you trade down to three. And uh, I don't know, get a bunch of picks in return, trade Justin Fields, get a bunch of picks in return, then you can rebuild your roster. So I, I think there is a route for both these guys to be right. I don't think it's completely crazy. Uh, I, I think Justin Fields gets traded no matter what. So that the other part of them trading the pick and trading Fields is a little far fetched, but I, I do think Fields gets traded. I think Fields gets traded too. And I, I think Peter King and, and look, Peter King is been in this business a long time. I mean, longer than I've been. Peter King's been covering the NFL longer than I've been alive. Uh, his NFL career started in Cincinnati covering the Bengals. That's right. Yeah. With, uh, wasn't Paul Brown coaching? It, no, it was 19, not 1950. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Brinson, not Wilson. Um, that's something Wilson would say. Yeah. You're right. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Oh, Musa in the chat. Sup, Joe Musso? Actually, 23. I wish, buddy. I feel like I'm 55. It's a sciatic nerve of mine. I'm still injured. From, uh, did I mention that I got slimed? And um, I should be uh, should be compensated in terms of workers' comp. Some comp days off. Anywho, um, yeah, I, I think the phrase, we're going to do right by Justin Fields. And, by the way, uh, I don't think that did the... Did Matt Eberflus like not name? Like wouldn't like say quarterback or something? There's something where like somebody wouldn't say a quarterback's name over and over again. I can't I can't remember exactly well, I, what it was. The thing with Foles though is if they were gonna keep him, why not just say, hey, we're gonna keep him? Like, yeah, exactly. Hey, we're planning to keep fields. And I feel like the fact that you can't say that has to mean you're probably leaning towards trading him, but you also have to get a good offer for him. You can't just give him away. Yeah. I mean, I think I think what the implication was is that we will do right by him, meaning We'll either send him to Atlanta because I believe he's from the Atlanta area, or we'll send him to Pittsburgh where the Steelers have no, you know, they have Kenny Pickett, but like it's a pretty good situation. Um, the Raiders have been bandied about as well, but they just hired Luke Getze, which is his old offensive coordinator. And I don't think I've ever heard of that happening where like the offensive coordinator basically got fired because he couldn't make the quarterback work. And then you trade the quarterback to where the offensive coordinator went. Like that would be pretty bizarre. So I think. I think the Falcons now. There's a leaked video, by the way. I don't. Know, did you see that? The yeah, the with uh, Justin Fields' agent. Justin Fields' agent basically is saying like "You're coming home" or something like that. Fields starts going nuts, and uh, as a result of that video, Atlanta's now minus three fifty to land Justin Fields in the uh, in the in the betting market. So, I'll say that Justin Fields ends up going to Atlanta. Um, pretty spicy. That would be fun. It would be fun, but the thing is, we still don't know what to make of Justin Fields. It's not like he's going to go to Atlanta. He's guaranteed to be a superstar. Uh, but with all those weapons, you would think that 
would be a very good shot at success. Also, also, also worth noting that Zach Robinson and Raheem Morris repeatedly pointed out like how much they like love Matthew Stafford as a quarterback and the type of quarterback that Matthew Stafford is and how it's, they don't, and I think they said they got all these weapons. They don't need somebody to come in and make plays. They need somebody to come in and distribute to those weapons, which started the Kirk Cousins to Atlanta yeah, rumors. A lot more like Kirk Cousins than Justin Fields. Or maybe another quarterback out there. Certainly one who's going to be on the move, and we will tell you about him coming up after the break next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Russell Wilson. Man, I love this. Actually, Greg Rosenthal of uh, the Around the NFL podcast, I, I think, coined it the, the best. It's And we're doing we're talking about where quarterbacks will end up. He called it, he's like, how excited are you for the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, passive-aggressive source-off this offseason? Basically, the Russ and, and Sean Payton clearly don't like each other. There's parting ways at some point. And Russ went on Brandon Marshall's podcast, I Am Athlete, and said he wants to stay in Denver, even though he put his house on the market, and that he would take a veteran, or maybe Jeremy Fowler reported this, that he would take a veteran minimum salary in order to play, to be a starter somewhere. And I have to say, Breach, yes, of course you're willing to take a veteran minimum salary when you're making $40 million in cash for the Broncos and every dollar that you take from a new team offsets it against your Broncos salary, which you want to take in full because you want to make them pay for embarrassing you. Yeah, I think this is hilarious because I almost feel like it makes me think that we're under estimating Russell Wilson in the sense that he's so robotic, but he is playing this chess game perfectly in the sense that he keeps saying the right things about the Broncos, even though I think we both know he absolutely does not want to be in Denver. As you said, he put his house up for sale. There's no way he wants to continue playing for Sean Payton. This team asked him to take a pay cut less than halfway through the season. Uh, so there's no way he wants to stay in Denver, but then he comes out and says, yeah, I want to stay and I want to win two Super Bowls in the next five years. And that's just, uh, that, so it's going to make the Broncos look like the bad guys when they get rid of Russell Wilson, whether that's cutting him or trading him, which almost seems like it's a hundred percent certainty, something that's going to happen. And as you said, of course you take the minimum contract because that's, that's your yeah. final way to stick it to the Broncos. You make them pay every single cent that you can make them pay you. And the most you can make them pay is by taking a league minimum deal. So I think Russell absolutely takes a league minimum deal. I think he is just counting the days till he gets cut. Uh, I think he'd prefer, prefer to be cut right now so he could be at the combine or send his camp to the combine to be talking with teams 
Uh, but yeah, there's no way he's staying in Denver. No, it's 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 over. And now he 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 has to say that he wants to stay. You know, just you do that just to like that way. You know, you have plausible deniability when people say, "Oh, Russ was like Russ was part of the problem." Like he's he's blaming Sean Payton, and Sean Payton's blaming Russ, and they're doing it in like spiteful, um, sort of like passive aggressive ways. Like they're leaking it out, and they've stopped sourcing it. They stopped leaking it out through sources, and now they're just getting out there and saying it. Like Sean Payton was blatantly ripping Russ at the combine, his entire press conference, talking about how like you need like dynamic playmaker and like all this different stuff. He's like, I saw a meme. He literally cited a meme. Sean Payton cited a meme at the combine suggesting and then was like, yeah, our next quarterback's got to work out better than the, like the last one. Um, if the Broncos cut him and they can do, it's just worth noting. They can do a couple of things here. If they cut him before they designated a post June one release, they will have $35 million, $35.4 million in salary cap, dead cap space on the salary cap this season. Now, the good news for the Broncos is the salary cap, as we noted, just jumped $30 million. So, Breach, I sort of wonder, what do you think they do? Do they do a $35.4 million this year and $49.6 in 2025 and spread it out over two seasons? Or with the $30 million spike, knowing that you don't have a top three pick and you're not going to get one of the best quarterbacks so you could end up with J.J. McCarthy potentially, do you just bite the bullet and take an $85 million record-breaking cap hit in 2024. I don't think you bite the boy. I think you, your two options are you do the post-June, uh, split that up, because a $35.4 million cap hit, dead money hit, is not horrible. We've seen teams take bigger ones. Uh, and then what about door number three, where you do a trade mm. and look, Teams know you don't want to be with Russell Wilson. They're not going to offer you anything. But if you call up a team that needs a quarterback and say, hey, we'll give you Russell Wilson for a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, I would think a team would might be interested, although they would probably say, yeah, we don't want to pay Russ this much money, X, X, and X. We're going to have to, we'll need to restructure the contract so that you guys are paying all the bonus money and that we're paying him the bare minimum. Uh, so, it, yeah, I, I think you have to make it a post. $85 million dead cap hit is just insanity, yeah. even if it's a $255 million salary. So, a there's three different levels of trade situations for Russell Wilson, according to spottrack.com. Between today and March 17th, which is the start of the new league year, if they trade him, no, the new league year starts March 13th. He's got oh, March 13th, four days after, four, yeah, you're right, you're right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four days after the new league year. My, my apologies. Um, this is week of Arnold, the, the API. Or no, that's week of the players. Exciting. Lots of sports stuff going on then. If they if they if they trade in between now and March 17th, they carry a $68 million dead cap hit in 2024, which is not great. But if you could trade him for a fifth round pick and carry just a $68 million dead cap hit, I think you do that in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Versus the $85 million if you release him. There's just not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you trade in between March 17th and June 1st, it's a $90 million dead cap hit. So, in other words, they, if they don't trade him by June by by March 17th, they're probably going to have to release him. 
Yeah, and whatever decision is going to be made on him is going to be made before that guarantee kicks in on March 17th. Exactly. And that, I mean, that's really the key part. If, a te- if they can find a team to trade for him, that's the only reason. They're going to they're gonna hold him until March 17th, by the way. I would guarantee. Like, spitefully. Because they know they're eating this huge cap hit. Um, so I would guess they hold him to March 17th if they can't trade him, and then they cut him, designate him a post-June 1 release, hold the $85 million in dead cap space until June 1st, but see, that's the thing is like by June 1st, you kind of have your roster done. Like you have to eat the money until June 1st. Okay. So here it is. I, I was looking Joel Corey, our guy, our former NFL yeah. agent wrote a good story on Russell Wilson's contract. Uh, on March 17th, his 2025 base salary of $37 million fully guaranteed. becomes fully guaranteed. So obviously you cannot have him you, right. on the roster at that point. Otherwise you're eating $37 million. Uh, then it's also the final day of a five-day period for the Broncos to pick up an option on Wilson's 2028 contract, which is worth 50 million. And obviously, they <laughs> Don't are not think going they're gonna do to that, pick right. that up. Um, and then the the to get the Broncos to pick it up, Wilson's 2024 base salary reduces from a fully guaranteed 39 million to 17 million. But he's going to get that money in 2028, so you wouldn't do it. So basically. He is not going to be on the team on March 17th. It's just a matter of how he leaves the team. Exactly. He will be gone on March 17th. Is he traded or is he cut? And how much will the Broncos eat? I'm saying, I'm just saying like you can't, because you, if you designate somebody a post June one release, you get that cap space on June 1st, right? Like you don't, you don't get the cap space immediately. So if you have to build your roster anyway, with the $85 billion, like, I mean, is it, that's what I'm saying. Is like, is it worth it just to like, you get $50 million in debt and cap space and like $50 million extra in cap space. June and, 1st? and the Broncos are in the red right now. They are over the cap and they only have, you know, 13 days to get under it. <laughs> right. And so they have to get this figured out. And fortunately, uh, fortunately, Sean Payton comes from the saints where right. the salary cap doesn't exist. They right. invented that strategy. It's Who insane. do you think uh, Russ ends up with? I'll say the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers make the most. I just feel like the Steelers are the Seahawks and of Russell's early years. We have this great defense. You have a run game around them. You have a couple good receivers. Yeah, I think this. Don't don't just don't screw it up and and make us go to Kenny Pickett. Like that's 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 basically what you're at. Um, Fox Sports Ralph Vacchiato reporting several trade suitors for Sam Howell. Buying or selling that the Commanders would trade. Sam Howell, or that people want to trade for Sam Howell? Uh, I don't know how desperate you'd have to be to trade for Sam Howell with everything that's available between a draft, between free agency. Uh, unless you need a backup quarterback, I'm just not sure why you would go after Sam Howell. Right? I mean, I can't think of a team that's going to give up much to land him. I mean, he, he, he was like, when Sam Howell was at Carolina his sophomore year, and he could, he was a legitimate going into his junior year. He was a legitimate top five Heisman contender. Carolina's win total is like nine and a half. Um, Howard had a great season. He was considered like a chance to go be number one overall. And he went to the fifth round and that's, you know, that stinks for shame. Howell. that's dumb rules that he couldn't leave and go get like millions and millions of dollars. He's still getting paid. And you know, he's still, it's, it's, you know, it's not, a, it's not the worst life in the world. Uh, but the fact that he fell to the fifth round tells you in a bad quarterback draft, by the way, tells you, that teams probably didn't have a great grade on him coming out of coming into the draft, which 
means that you're basically just trading for him for a backup. And if I'm Washington, I'm keeping Sam Howell on the roster. He's a fifth round pick. He's in his second year. He's got NFL starts with like decent NFL tape at various points. Like what if Cliff Kingsbury can fix this guy, like turn this guy into something good. I mean, if you're drafting a quarterback at two, Sam Howell is not the guy behind him. That's like, especially with like Drake may two Carolina guys. It's that's like, not, like that's not going to like force your hand. Fans are going to be clamoring for Sam Howell. I, I don't see why you would even trade him. Right, but what if you draft a quarterback at number two and you get to training camp and Sam Howell is noticeably better mm. than the draft pick? And, and you if, have an if, Andy, if, Andy Dalton, Bryce Young situation? Well, right. <laughs> if, if, if you start the veteran, everybody's going to be clamoring for the number two overall pick. Like, why aren't you playing him? Why aren't you playing him? And you got to come out and be like, well, Sam Howell's better in training camp. But if you play the number two overall pick, that it's like, well, you're not putting your best team out there, even though you're trying to get your rookie to grow. So, I mean, I think there are a few good spots out there for Sam Howe. I mean, we heard Woody Johnson basically throw Zach Wilson under the bus when he said we need to do a better job at finding a backup quarterback. So I think Sam Howe could fit in with the New York Jets. That's a good That's a good one. I, I think that, to me, would probably be the best fit right now, but I don't know how much the Jets would offer in a trade. Right. Um, I mean, they're, they're already dealing with, like, giving up assets for Aaron Rodgers in the first place. I mean, I guess you could make the case, too, like, if you're, I don't know, if you're the Buffalo Bills, uh, who they have, Matt Barkley? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like Sam Howell's not threatening Josh Allen. Um, and he's a mobile quarterback who, you know, if something happened, you obviously hope it doesn't, but if something happened, you'd have, you feel like you'd have something in your back pocket. Maybe the Browns. Uh, Browns. I, just, I, I feel like you have to have an established quarterback who's not worried about losing his job. Yeah. And Sam Howell can go in there, and that way your season's not dead if your starter goes down. Yeah, I like that. All right. Not a crazy idea. Uh, Victor Fur of The Athletic is reporting the Raiders are going to make a run at Kirk Cousins. Does Kirk Cousins make sense in the silver and black? Man, that I hard, to, say, hard, to, hard to imagine him in like a like, like it's like evil Kirk Cousins or something. Yeah, could like you this. imagine Kirk Cousins living in Las Vegas? Look, I know the guy's got a grill, but I think that's as far as <laughs> Kirk Cousins is like the opposite of a guy I think of who would live in Las Vegas or enjoy his time in Las Vegas. Uh, when you think of all the quarterbacks or all the teams that might need a quarterback this offseason, I have the Raiders pretty far down the list of teams that Kirk Cousins would want to play for. Now, if they come out and say, hey, Kirk, we'll give you a fully guaranteed contract over the next two years worth $55 million a year, then Kirk Cousins is going to sign with the Raiders. But <laughs> I, I just think there are too many teams that make more sense for him i think the broncos make a lot of sense because Ooh. he would be very good at running sean payton's offense yes he would uh, we've connected him with the falcons we already mentioned that earlier where uh, you know raheem morris and zach robinson the offense coordinator both kind of hinting at a matthew stafford type quarterback and kirk cousins is much more like that than justin fields uh and, and even the steelers who i would put behind both the broncos and falcons but I just would put the Raiders way back there. I just don't think – and they have a great receiver in Vontae Adams, so Cousins would love that. But I just don't feel like it's a great fit. Like In that same vein, too, I think you can make the case that because the Steelers, because the Falcons, and because the Raiders are interested, because the Broncos might be interested, Minnesota is probably going to cave and give Kirk Cousins what he wants, which is a fully guaranteed deal, to come back and play in Minnesota. He's been on the tennis court showing off – you know, coming back from the Achilles, if it, he wants to be in Minnesota, they want him to be in Minnesota. Kevin O'Connell said it, uh, the GM said it. Um, 
and Cousins, I think, has made it clear. So I think ultimately he goes back to Minnesota just because you have like you have Justin Jefferson, you know, you have Jordan Addison, you have TJ Hawkinson. The, that was that team was a playoff caliber team even when Cousins went down, and he was playing his best football of his career, maybe. So um, I'm I'm on the Kirk Cousins stays in Minnesota bandwagon, but mostly because of your point, Breach, that there's interest from other teams, which will likely spur Cousins getting his fully guaranteed deal. But the big issue, and and it's hard to kind of figure it out with Cousins, is that if he wants a fully guaranteed contract, there's no workaround. You have to have that money available in your salary cap. You can't push the money forward. I mean, you can right. add avoidable year or two to kind of push it forward, but you're still going to be taking a huge chunk. The, Vi the Vikings, according to Over the Cap, only have $35 million in salary cap space. Mm. And if Cousins wants a $45 million per year fully guaranteed contract, you got to figure out how to fit that in. Uh, you know, maybe you make it a five million dollar salary and a forty million dollar signing bonus for year one to cut down on the salary cap. But whatever it is, you got to be a team with a lot of money to work with to get him. Yep, and he's pretty stubborn about his fully guaranteed deals. He doesn't really get credit. Like he did never. He did it. Like no one else did it. He's the OG. Like, I know, like, but like he he did it, and it was like, all right, everybody, fully guaranteed deals. Everybody's like, nah, we're good. And then when Watson did it, he was getting all the credit. It was like, no, Kirk Cousins was the original. Right, he, yeah. He got the fully guaranteed deal first. Yeah, Watson just Watson just uh, hopped on uh, whatever it would be. He just, yeah, just tagged along Cousins. A road shotgun with Cousins. All right, Miko Hardman. This is an insane one. Miko Hardman, who, and by the way, this is the second straight offseason that a former New York wide receiver was traded midseason to the Chiefs becomes Super Bowl, the Super Bowl hero, because Kadarius Tony was a Super Bowl hero, and then Miko Harbour was a Super Bowl hero. Wasn't it Kadarius Tony Super Bowl hero? Sort of. Uh, Miko Hardman caught the game winning touchdown. Oh, I know that, but Kadarius Tony had like the awesome punt return and caught that. Didn't Kadarius Tony catch it? Oh, no. Tony had the awesome punt return against the Eagles. Yeah, last year. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. But it's back to back years. Remember, Tony was traded midseason by the Giants. Right. And then was this, okay, anyway. Point being, he gave like the middle finger to Giants fans, and now Michael Harbin's giving the metaphorical middle finger to Jets fans and the Jets because he's like, uh, Sauce Gardner tweeted, we ain't going to talk about how our offensive game plan got leaked versus the Eagles. Uh, SNY backed up that sentiment that several unnamed players also believe Miko Hardman leaked the Jets game plan against the Chiefs and the Eagles. Do you believe that Miko Hardman was sabotaging the Jets? And should the Jets do anything about this? Okay. The most hilarious part of this entire situation, we've seen Sauce Gardner tweet about this. We've seen a couple other players. So it really feels like when the situation where there's smoke, there's fire is that he allegedly, as you mentioned, uh, leaked the game plans against the Chiefs and Eagles. Brinson, guess what the Jets' two best games of the year <laughs> arguably were uh, against the Chiefs and the Eagles. They beat the Eagles 20-14. to 14. They lost to the Chiefs on a last-second field goal uh, in week four. So we're talking about maybe the Jets need to just leak out all their game plans because that is apparently their key to success. It is unbelievable if this is the case that their game plans got leaked out and they played their two best games of the season. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if, if you're the Jets, what you need to do here is just not engage. Well, that's my point. It's like, how can you – if you're the Jets, how could you even try to prove this? Like, if you lost both those games 51 to nothing, yeah, then you can absolutely prove it. But when they right. were your two best games of the year – 
Yeah, it's like one, you're gonna have trouble proving it. Two, if you do prove it, it makes you look stupid and you should fire everybody on your offensive <laughs> staff. And then three, like just you're the Jets, nothing's going right. You were you were the storyline all offseason and it worked out really poorly four snaps into the year. Like maybe don't make yourself a big deal this offseason and just let Miko Hardman do Miko Hardman's like stuff. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Let's take it to break. Oh my god. And when we come back. Nail it or fail it. Which combine participants are going to nail the combine and which ones are going to fail it? We'll tell you next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The NFL Combine drills are about to kick off. I liked it better when it was like 7 a.m., like 8 a.m. NFL Combine is live all throughout the day to like 3 p.m. Didn't you? Hey, you know what? Brady Quinn was talking about that uh, on Wednesday's show. Just how... It was more of a better routine for the players when everything yeah. was early and now everything's been pushed into prime time because it's all about TV, Brinson. That's right. The NFL loves television. Hey, we love ratings. We love the NFL being popular. So I, I, whatever the NFL whatever the NFL does to make itself more popular is good for us. Business is booming. This Nail It or Fail It segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more all right, Breach, I'm going to say a prospect, and we'll decide. Will that prospect nail it or fail it? Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington. Will he nail it or fail it? Oh, my God. I'm so mixed on him. I, I, part of me thinks he could be kind of an unexpected superstar, but then the other part of me worries that I feel like he throws lasers all the time. He doesn't have good touch, and that, that doesn't mean he's not accurate. He's very good thrower of the football, uh, but that just, you know, you need touch to play in the NFL. And so ah, I am. So I'm going to say what's middle between nail it and fail it. Can I'm going to say that I'm going to say that he's going to fail it because of medicals. Yeah. He's had a, he's had a lot about it. So like that way I can stay, I can stay away from predicting whether Michael Penix Jr. will be good throwing at the combine. I, I think, I think, I think he'll throw it well. I think he looks good when he throws it. Um, you know, that Washington up tempo spread it out offense that they're, I guess, I think that's what it's called, isn't it? Right. Or like sort of like that. Like it's like Washington spreads it around, got a good deep ball, smooth thrower. I think he nails the, the throwing portion, but he fails the medical stuff because that's like his big red flag. I hope he doesn't, but I think that's my prediction. That's, I like it. Let's go with that. Okay. Well, am I going to nail or fail this next pronunciation that producer oh Harry God. clearly Harry. put into the rundown in order to throw host Brinson for a loop? Kieran Amajade. He's playing with you. 
offensive tackle from Yale. I think that's how you pronounce it. Amaj, ah, the last J is getting A M E G A D G I E. Kieran, we'll call him Kieran. Does Kieran nail or fail the combine? Uh, I think he nails it in the sense that people will know his name afterward, but I think he fails in the sense that he's not in the top four in any of the fun drills that people pay attention to just because the tackle class is so loaded. Yeah. I think that, I think that is an excellent call. Amaja G. Ah, I would say I I failed. I failed the pronunciation. Um, well played by Harry to, uh, to see, to see if I would, I was furiously looking for a pronunciation guide while you were discussing Michael Penix Jr.'s prospects at the combine. <laughs> All right. Next up, Brock Bowers. Nail or fail? I'll say he nails it. I feel like a lot of people want to see him, and including me, as uh, Bengals homer. I would love to see him fall to the Bengals in the middle of the first round. Um, yeah, I'm going to say he nails it. Well, you want him to fail it, so he falls to the Bengals. Well, right. That's true. I would. But you don't want to. I love Brock Bowers as a player. I think one of the problems that, um, so he, has he, have they done measurables for the tight ends yet? I don't don't think so. so, But, um, and by the way, obviously CBS Sports does great coverage of the NFL draft. I just like to use. Tight ends are Friday, March 1st for measurements and on-field workouts. That's right. Oh, my God. What if you worked out of the combine? You're like, oh, my combine workout was on February 29th. Um, celebrated every four years. So, Brock Bowers is 6'4 and 230, which is like this big. It's a big human. But, but well, um, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think of the, the best comp for him from a height and like a size-wise. So, for instance, George Kittle is 6'4, 250. Like, that's a big difference. Brock Bowers, when you see him, he doesn't, like, pop out as, like, a... Like, like I don't know. Like, he's not going to be... A, he is a, he's a great receiver. He's incredible with the yards after the catch. I just sort of wonder if tight ends and... Because I don't think Daniel Jeremiah sent out about the tight end valuation and the cost of, like, the franchise tag. or Like, if you, if you draft a tight end in the top five, you end up paying him basically market value from Jump Street. And so there are teams that have concerns about that. So I think from that perspective, it will be very difficult for Brock Bowers to nail the combine because I think that his size and his position may cause some teams to be a little leery about taking him as high as initially we thought he could go. And so I think the the Bengals-Brock Bowers thing is like one of the early – it's sort of like Najee Harris and the Steelers a few years ago where it's like the most – like the worst kept secret that the Bengals want to end up with Brock Bowers. And I think that they have, they have pick uh, 18. Is that right? 15. Yep. 18. 18. Okay. If you, and, felt, if you felt 18, that would be a pretty big surprise. I think one thing with the contract though, is that the flip side of that is the franchise tag is only it's 12.7 million with tight ends this year, which is completely affordable if he becomes a star. And so you're talking about, you have him under contract then for up to six years with every year costing under $12.7 million. So, I mean, and if he becomes a weapon for you, because the Bengals never really had a, a true weapon at tight end since Joe Burrow's been there, 
Uh, you know, Hayden Hurst was good, but they haven't had a great tight end. And if he is, then he's going to be worth that money. So, yeah, I mean, my whole thing too is, and I'm not like knocking DJ, who I think has been Stop talking to DJ, man. No, DJ's the man, dude. DJ's an awesome guy. But, um, like, if Brock Bowers is just an awesome football player, like, just draft really good football players is what I'm saying. If he's a tight end, you got to pay him premium tight end money for six years. All right. If he's a great tight end, it's totally worth it. You know, like people talk about you know, hey, quarterbacks can't go like you can draft a cornerback. If, if if you have a cornerback who is an incredible player or a wide receiver who's an incredible player, you can take them first overall. I mean, obviously, you know, like, like if, if you think Marvin Harrison Jr. could change your football team, if you're Chicago, you can take him first overall. Now, from a uh, from a you know like a cost perspective and opportunity cost perspective, you have to consider those economic factors. But like you shouldn't be scared of a position because of the financial aspect of a fixed of a fixed salary in the modern in the modern CBA. In my opinion, yeah. All right, Spencer Rattler. Oh, Spencer Rattler might be thirty six years old. Might be. Might be. He's 23. Just kidding. That's pretty old for a quarterback coming out, coming into the draft out of college. Does Spencer Rattler nail or fail the combine? I am going to say Spencer Rattler nails it because you have, look, we have all the big guys uh, not throwing, you know, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May is not throwing. And so there's only a handful of guys who are throwing who can come out there and really wow people. And I think Spencer Rattler will be one of those that does that. I just think you're an automatic advantage if you're a quarterback and you are throwing and you're not at the top of the draft board because that's your chance yeah. to kind of wow the scouts and teams that are in attendance. And I think you see it. So, I mean, it changes year to year, but certainly this season where we're not seeing like none of the top three guys are throwing, right? Yeah, none of the top three. And if I'm a top three, if I'm Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or Caleb Williams, I'm not throwing because – if you if you're great against air, people are going to say, "Wow, that guy did what he was supposed to do." And if you screw up at all, people are going, to go, "Ooh, I don't know." And you're much better off throwing at your pro. If you're going to throw, throw at your pro day, where you're going to have your receivers, you're going to have your coaches, you're going to have your environment. I mean, like the Johnny Manziel pro day. I think they, like didn't he say he, like showed up drunk as hell? Like George W. Bush is there, and there's like rap music play. Drake is playing the whole time, and like. Johnny's wearing the, the the visor. I mean, it's like you can you can create this atmosphere that will ensure that you get the positive reps that you want for scouts and for personnel people. To your point, Rattler should nail it uh, on, on the backside of that. And finally, <laughs> that way, Harry jams me with the, with the Yale tackle, but he throws me a bone. Get your drinks out. Peyton Wilson, linebacker, NC State. I want to tell you, he is going to nail this combine. Now there will be concerns that he could fail because of medicals in the same way as Michael Penix jr. Two ACL tears um, back like almost five years ago. He's 23 years old. So he's older. Um, and he had a shoulder injury in 2021, I think, but his last two seasons, he's been healthy and dominant and he is built like a wide receiver. He's really fast and he is going to light up the combine. So I say he nails it, even though in the back of my mind, I'm a little worried about the medicals. Yeah, you're the Peyton Wilson expert. I have watched maybe uh, two plays on Peyton Wilson all season, and that was only because I watched an NC State game out of courtesy to Brinson. 
No, thank you for that. Uh, if he if he passes the medicals, he will be one of the big winners coming out of the combine. I would almost guarantee that he is an athletic freak with like a crazy motor. And I, I think I think he'll probably end up going day two if again if he passes if the medicals check out um, because teams will say all right he's twenty three he does have a lot of mileage but this guy can come in and be a day one impact defender. And we'll, you know, worst case, we just use them for the rookie deal and then, you know, franchise tag him at a linebacker cost or something like that. Like, if, and maybe he doesn't even get that far. He's just, he's, he is a, he's a stud and a locker room superstar, future captain on the team. All right. Let's get out of here on this very quickly. We've talked about all kinds of rumors on the league level, player level. We haven't had our own rumors yet. Breach, I'm going to get you to go first. I'll let you go first. Hopefully, it's a quarterback trade rumor that I can steal and use in my mock draft for Tuesday. Oh, you want a quarterback trade rumor? I'm probably going to just trade Russell Wilson somewhere. That's my guess. All right. How about the greatest rumor of all time? Well, we already said Russell Wilson would go to the Steelers, so I feel like that rumor is already out there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll go back to my Kirk Cousins ends up with the Broncos. Mm, spicy. I like I it. Think, I think that is the juiciest fit for Kirk just make him Sean Payton makes him to Drew Brees Jr. Just, Hey, look, I want a guy who throws it to his receivers right away. I don't want people freelancing. I don't want Russell Wilson dancing around and, and running around the pocket, trying to create plays and then getting sacked 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I just want a guy who sees his first read, gets it there and it can make plays. So Kirk cousins, Sean Payton teaming up in Denver is the juicy rumor. Brinson. Okay. So I think that my juicy rumor will be Justin Fields, to the Falcons. And like Atlanta, it's obviously the favorite now. That rumor's out there too, but I, I love it. I think with Zach Robinson running the show, you, you you maybe you designed some stuff for Justin Fields to use his legs, but you got a great offensive line and weapons galore. Like, what if you just kind of just recreate the Ohio State offense and run it against NFL teams and see if it works with Bijan Robinson, Drake London, um, and and uh, and Kyle Pitts? That sounds fun. Justin Fields and those guys sounds really fun. So that'll be my rumor. Um, I may breach. I'll, I'll decide on Monday, of course, when I'm writing the intro. But I may steal your Bears trade out of first and trade Justin Fields. That would be juicy. NFL yep. mock, NFL mock, 2024 NFL mock draft, colon. Bears trade Justin Fields. Don't draft Caleb Williams. And people will be like, wait, what? Got to click. Yeah. Yeah. Got and, it. and they'll be like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. No one's going to do that. Hate tweets all over the place. And I don't care because it's a mock draft before free agency. This is the time to shine. This is the time to make up rumors that are outrageous. Throw them in a mock draft and see what happens. So look forward to that on Tuesday on CBSSports.com. That'll do it for us for this show. Back next week to recap the combine, I'm sure. Make sure to check out with the first pick. Ryan Wilson, Rick Spielman, Josh Edwards doing the Lulz work down in, uh, in up in Indianapolis for Breach. I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See you guys. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.